Stafford, end zone cup. He's got it. Touchdown Rams. He'll toss back to Stafford and now a throw to Blanton, the tight end. A lot of room. Down inside the 20. They're down and one. Stafford, end zone cup. Got it. Touchdown Rams. Stafford throws, pass, caught, cup. Still rumbling. Cup down to the 12. Garoppolo under pressure. Donald got there in the air. Intercepted by the Rams. And they may ride to the Super Bowl on that. All right. Welcome, everyone to the latest episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. For those new to the podcast, I am Zach Mayer, joined with my co-host, Ashton Spencer. Ashton, we're, we're still in Super Bowl week. We just came off a great interview with, uh, with Chris Mayer um, talking about the Bengals, uh, but now we're going to actually go do a deep dive into a kind of a preview, our, you know, me and your preview of the game. Uh, so what, do you, what are your thoughts so far? Uh, yeah, first off, Thank you so much to our last guest. He was very insightful. Go listen to that if you want a Bengals-centric view of the game. I thought he had a lot of great insight into the team. And it's a very fascinating matchup. If you had said the Rams were going to be in the Super Bowl, I would not have guessed the Bengals as our opponent. And I do think that matchup has some benefits to it. Things we... Uh, we could take advantage of again it's the Super Bowl there's a reason why the Bengals are in it they have beat three good teams I would say two really great teams to get to this point the Rams are definitely the most balanced team they have come up against Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the Bengals react to that their tactics uh, but I'm just excited for the matchup, Zach. And um, I'm interested to see kind of where you are. I, I feel like we're both have been optimists, especially in the latter half um, going into the season. Uh, week 17 was, or week 18 was a very uh, rough game. And coming off of that, uh, we didn't know where to kind of look for this team to start off with in the playoffs because that was a brutal loss to the 49ers. Uh, and we ended up just launching off of a rocket pad after that Cardinals win. So going into this Super Bowl, Zach, what is your feeling? Are you feeling positive or are you feeling like the Bengals, the their underdog mentality will make them just – a team that will come out and play so hard and just kind of dominate the Rams. You know, I have a lot going into this game in, in, you know, until the Super Bowl ends, you know, I'm going to keep saying it, you know, I'm from Cincinnati. I know the Cincinnati fan base, my whole family, Cincinnati Bengals fans. And so I know how much this means to the city. I know how much it's going to mean to the players. Obviously um, it's going to be, it's going to be a good game. You know, I, I don't foresee one team blowing out the other um, in any way, shape or form. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, if you just look at the stats that we'll get into here in a bit, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, but for the Rams side of things, week 18 was the momentum shift. I think if we would have won week 18, we may not be in the Super Bowl. We took a team that was we were on a hot streak. We were on a five five game winning streak. We come up, 
you know, we were like, you know, they were saying it's a body. The 49ers were saying it's a body bag game, things like that. And the Rams lost. And it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking to the fans. It was it was extremely heartbreaking to that team. But I think they needed that loss to reality take, check. They needed that reality check and they needed that loss to to know they can be better and that they could form it. They needed to formalize a plan of attack going forward. They were not this is a team where you're you either you're either in or you're done. And they took that, they took it against the Cardinals, dominated the Cardinals. They took it to Tom Brady's house, well, his second house, you know, in Tampa. And, you know, they, you know, they almost lost it at the end, but they, they just kept pushing it forward. And then you come back with the, you know, the story, the, the 0-6 record against the 49ers. Um, you know, they had their number, this, that, and the other. And they finally beat them to get them into the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is the story that needed to be told. There's so much that goes all the way back to uh, a year, one week and a half ago till now that makes this the Rams story and it is not finished yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they will be going up against another big obstacle. And I've told you about this before, Zach, and that is my Super Bowl picks. Uh, I won't, go into my exact prediction but as you know Zach out of last 16 sorry out of last 17 Super Bowls I have predicted the wrong winner 16 out of 17 times it is a very impressive streak I was wrong I believe like 11 times in a row until I finally got one with the Broncos winning in 2015 but besides that I have been very very bad at it yeah, I mean, and you know, yeah, we don't need to go into specifics. I don't even know if I want to give a prediction to this one, but, um, but anyways, yeah, it's it's going to be a hard fought. It's going to be a hard fought fight. Um, if you look at this, let's look at this the stats from this year. Um, first off, the Rams were twelve and five. Uh, the Bengals were ten and seven. They probably could have been eleven and six. Um, if they wouldn't have um, held back against the Cleveland Browns in their last game. Um, but then you go into the team stats. Points per game, the Rams were scoring 27.1. The Bengals scoring 27.1. Points allowed per game, the Rams 18.3. The Bengals 19.7. Total yards, 386 to 385. The passing yards was 287 to 292. Rushing yards, uh, Rams 99 to Bengals 102. The the part that gets a little um, – so those numbers are very close uh, together. But then you go look at the yards allowed, and this is where the differential is. And I think this is where we can kind of um, have hope that the Rams are going to squeak this one out. Um, and that's the yards allowed. Uh, 286.7 for the LA Rams and 395.7 for the Bengals. Again, these are all averages based on um, the season. Uh, the passing yards was 232 versus two, uh, 268, which again, it's it's pretty even for pass yards allowed. Rush yards allowed. Rams, 54. The Bengals, 127.3. So just uh-huh. based on those stats, the Rams need to run the ball. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. And I feel like some people have necessarily uh, it look at the Rams and be like, well, their, pat- or their running has not been good all year. And while it hasn't been a great running game, I feel like it's an underrated running game. They get yards when they need to. And just looking at how we uh, rushed in this playoffs, uh, yeah, they go and they struggle against 49ers and the Buccaneers. But if you look at it compared to other teams, this team has rushed against the 49ers. It's the best rushing game the 49ers faced all uh postseason and then the Buccaneers they get a really good 73 yards against a stout I believe they were number one against the rush all year number one or number two and then against a porous rush defense and Cardinals we got 140 yards uh so like this running game uh it's been good against bad rush defenses and it's been pretty decent against good rush defenses and that's what you need as long as you're not getting 40 or 50 yards in a game and you're getting a little bit more and you're getting critical third downs third and shorts that's all you need from your uh, running game and I feel like uh, the Rams running game Sony Michelle has been productive uh Cam Akers in the postseason has been productive um and that's all you can ask and it looks like we'll have Henderson back which will give us some receiving back capability a little bit more again and to to me I'm kind of concerned with Henderson a little bit him his eligibility status um not saying that I don't think he would be a good player the one thing that I would be cautious cautious about is yes I, I agree that he's going to he would be a receiving threat but I don't want him to be the oh Henderson's out so we know they're throwing the ball you know what I'm talking about like I want to make sure that that's why I'm like, I'm not even sure Henderson will be on the field. Um, You know, as much as I hate to say that and as much, you know, he's put into this team, I think right now we're looking at the Cam Akers, Sonny Michelle uh, tag team because you you don't know what they're going to do. Obviously, Sonny Michelle probably is going to be the more run the ball, pass protect person, but you don't know that. Um, I just think adding Henderson could give the give the Bengals defense a little bit more of a showing of your hand. Uh, I think he's only going to be in for a few snaps, uh, run a few times, and I think they're going to try to use a two-back, a few two-back plays, and he'll probably be the receiver in the two-back play. Um, that's my guess. Or they could use a flea flicker with him. I could see them doing stuff like that with him. So uh, just he gives you a little bit more options. I don't think he's going to be primary back, but he'll be another tool in the tool set for uh, Sean McVay. Uh, Just excited to have him back. Uh, I believe they have rolled out Higby. That sucks. I really wish he could have played in this, but Blandon has been great, Zach, and uh, we should sing his praises. Uh, I think he is giving the team... Uh, another option next year whenever we go. And uh, I feel like we don't need to draft a tight end next year. Uh, for sure. I mean, I think between Higby and Blanton, I think our our um, future is pretty good as far as the tight end role goes. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, 
you know, at least as as far as we know, we know that Higby is currently not playing. I think they're I think still um Sean McVay is I know I don't think he's like super optimistic, um, but I think they're gonna keep that to be a more I think they don't have to say anything until like 90 minutes prior to the game. So um I wouldn't I wouldn't count him out a hundred percent yes and unless we really don't see him practice at all at the end of the week. Um because I I think this is the this is the game where if there is any possibility that they can play, they should play. Now Higby's a little bit different because of the injury that he has. And, you know, we don't want him to play and then get injured. And then now we only have Blanton again as tight end, like we did in the San Francisco game, San Francisco game. So, you know, I, I could definitely see Higby definitely not playing so that they could have a, um, have the, the third string tight end kind of come in um, just to kind of, make sure that we have good depth at that position. But, um, you know, again, you would love to see Higby to get back out there if he's, if he is capable of doing so. Even in a limited, even if it's, he's the backup to Blanton or something like that. Yeah. But again, back to the Super Bowl, I will say, Zach, I think the biggest key matchup and our experts said it on our last pod very well it's that D Rams D line against the Bengals offensive line. If the Bengals offensive line can just be average and hold the Rams to three or four sacks, uh, the Bengals will have a chance to win this game against our secondary. Uh, but I, you know, that's hard to do against Von Miller, against Aaron Donald, against Greg Gaines. I mean, we have so many studs on that D-line. It is ridiculous. It's one of the best defensive lines in a Super Bowl roster in a while. I would say it's better than the Bucks' defensive line uh, last year. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. And, um, you know, we're getting Sebastian Joseph Day back. Um, so, you know, I would assume Greg Gaines and um, Ashawn Robinson will probably still play most of their key roles in – but I, I, you know, having, uh, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day back is is going to be a big boom to the defense where people are can take better breaks and knowing that, you know, when we're rotating people in and out, that that position is safe and it's secure and um, keeping our defense fresh. And I think that's something that's going to, uh, you know, uh, pay dividends in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it. It should pay dividends. Um, Zach, what would you say is our biggest liability in our secondary going into this game, especially with their matchups? Who do you think uh, they will try to pick on, so to say? You know, you know, I, I definitely think they're going to try to pick at our, uh, their, our safeties and our cornerbacks. I mean, obviously we have uh, Jalen Ramsey as, you know, a stud, um, and, you know, he's going to be hard to cover. And, you know, again, he, he may miss one or two catches, but that's not usually the end of the end of the world. Um, but, you know, I think they're really going to uh, try to target, you know, Troy Reader um, when he's playing out there. Um, you know, I think that we're going to we're going to see a little bit of uh, David Long Jr. getting targeted a lot. Um, and just just those types of players who. Yes, they've 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 done okay in the in the postseason, but they're not our strongest players on defense. 
Yeah, the whole Bucks game. And uh, for a good majority of 49ers game, you just kept on hearing two people's names be called. Not for good reason. Troy Reader, and you heard a lot about Darius Williams. And I just, what do you think happened there, Zach? Why do you think his play is just falling off? He was getting picks left and right last year. And he was just making great anticipation plays. And he was always constantly near the ball. And I feel like this year he's near the ball somewhat, but he's just never making great pass deflections. He's not getting the picks. He just feels like he's a little sluggish compared to last year. Yeah, that's that's a very good question. Because, um, like you said, in twenty twenty, he he was a star. Like he, you know, we were we were all afraid that he was gonna, um, you know, he was gonna get poached in uh, in the off season, and you know because of, you know, the Rams and putting kind of that, um, um, that tag on him to kind of make him a little bit less appealing for others to pick him up. Um, but yeah, did, did he get injured partway through the season? Did he have any injuries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got injured, um, I believe like week three or four and then he didn't come back until I want to say the Jaguars game. And so maybe that has to do with it. I mean, you know, a lot of times players Could come be. back, you know, injuries never, you're never fully the same person you were once you come back from an injury. And, um, and so maybe that's, maybe that's part of it. Um, but I, I, you know, I really think that this, this game that we're going to, we're going to see an all out defense. Um, I'm not really super, super concerned. You know, I would say I would be more concerned about the safety position, but um, between Eric Weddle and uh, Nick Scott, like, those those two have been playing really well um, in this postseason. I mean, f- freaking Eric or um, yeah, Eric Weddle hasn't played in two years, and they're now giving him the designation of the Green Dot. He's been he's been back for three games, and they're gonna let him. They're gonna give him command of the what they're gonna. He's gonna be the signal caller for the defense. So, you know, I guess I would be more hard on our cornerbacks than I would be our safeties, but, you know, I'm still kind of concerned in that spot. Yeah, and credit Derek Weddle. Like, he's been great tackling. He's been great positionally. Um, he's gone burnt here and there, and we kind of expected that. But for for the most part, it's impressive what he's done. And he had a few critical stops against 49ers on that, I believe it was like third or second in one. He got a stop for two yards, send them back, and basically making it where I think they then tried to uh, pass it, and they didn't, and then they went for that fourth down or kind of faked it. I mean, we, we saw Eric Weddle jumping through the middle. Like, he bull rushed to make sure that the, the 49ers weren't running the ball. Um, you know, you just see him jumping through the even our D-line and the offensive line uh, to get to the running back and to, I, I even, I think it might've even been Debo who was back there. Um, but to also lead the, the Rams defense in tackles coming back from a two year absence and playing in the postseason for two games prior leading tackles for the defense. That's just, that's crazy. 
Uh, I mean, it's indicative of the type of player he is. Um, very again, kudos to him. It's indicative of the type of player uh, Troy Reader is. Uh, <laughs> your safety shouldn't be leading in tackles. He just shouldn't. That means uh, their running backs or wide receivers were just constantly getting through the first tackle, which was most likely Troy Reader just getting dragged. I think there's a play where he literally got dragged by Debo Samuel for like five yards. Yeah. And, you know, those those things are going to happen. And unfortunately, and, you know, as, as much, you know, I think in the first two games of the postseason, um, Reader did an, a very adm- admirable job. Um, he was playing at a lot higher level than he was, um, you know, especially in the first half of the season. Um, you know, in the 49ers game, 49ers game is a tough team. Um, they know, like, again, you know, I don't want to say that they have our number, but, you know, they're a tough team to play week in and week out. You know, having to play them three times is is crazy enough. So, you know, I, I give Reader a little bit of a pass. Again, he was, again, between him and Darius Williams, they had a phenomenal 2020 season, and it seems like they did dip a little bit this year. And for whatever that reason is, um, you know, we got we got to move past it, and hopefully um, they can get their job done this weekend so that, the you know, the, these guys get their rings that they deserve. Yeah, um, I mean, like we said, after Reader was doing good, we gave him kudos, but we said the problem with Reader with his career has been he hasn't been able to do that consistently for, like, over long stretches of games. Mm -hmm. And um, we're starting to see that again. And, uh, you know, I wish the best for him. I want him to play. Like, we don't want any single player to do bad, right, Zach? Like, we want every player to ball out and be great Mm -hmm. when they go and wear that uniform. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we have to be objective and we have to, you know, say when a player is doing good or not. And uh, hopefully he does good in Super Bowl. Uh, He lost the green dot. Um, Hopefully that's for a good reason that uh, Eric Weddle performs well. And that's because we're getting we're getting Ernest Jones back, right? Yeah, Ernest Jones is fully back. So the so pretty much the reason why we're getting this back is Ernest Jones is going to be coming in. I assume they're going to be rotating between Ernest Jones, Reader, and Howard. Um and so if you're going to have since now you know you're going to get probably Taylor Rapp back into this. Um but I don't see Taylor Rapp or Nick Scott exclusively playing 100% of the role. So the next man up is going to be Eric Weddle. So I think it makes sense of why Weddle is in, um, you know, when you're getting your probably your better linebacker with Ernest Jones um, and then kind of substituting Howard and Reader in um, into that kind of rotation. I think I think there's there's a good reason why they gave it to Reader or they gave it to Weddle. Mm-hmm. So let's let's kind of so we've been talking a lot about um, the defense. Why don't we you know talk a little bit about the offense? Um, you know, man, I just had my thing. Okay, so the offense. Um, so we have uh, Matt Stafford. Um, you know, he's having an excellent year. Uh, we he's had four thousand eight hundred eighty six yards, forty one touchdowns, seventeen interceptions. Uh, Joe Burrow, uh, forty six. 111 yards, 34 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Um, you know, really, you know, people seem to be breaking this down as it's Stafford Cup versus, um, you know, Burrow um, Chase. And, you know, you know, definitely talking to Chris last or in our last episode, um, you know, I think that seems a little bit unfair of a match. Um, uh, you know, 
Cup does get a lot more targets um, from Stafford than Chase does to Burrow. Um, but Chase and Burrow are, you know, they, they seem like a dynamic duo that is only going to get better going from here on out. Uh, yeah, it's a little unfair, but you have to remember, Cooper Cup is just great at getting open. It's not like he wasn't known as, like, the league-leading receiver until, like, week 17. Like, he got that pretty early in the season, like, around halfway through, mm-hmm. and he has just been unstoppable since. So, I, I feel like it's to a different magnitude with Stafford and Cup, and I just don't get why Cup doesn't get the love I feel like a lot of other wide receivers if they were having this type of year would have. It just feels like Cup is just constantly not talked up as the best wide receiver in football, which he was, like very clearly. And that's with being tripled and double teamed a lot uh, for a lot of these matches. And he still is going above 100 yards. He has the most 100-yard games in a single season now. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. No, I agree, and it's and it kind of just makes it seem like, well, yeah, that's that's Cooper Cup. You know, if Cooper Cup was in the Super Bowl three years ago, they would have won that game. Like Cooper Cup, it's always been third and Cup. Cup has always been the reliable receiver for the Rams, and I don't know if it's that mentality that that makes people forget that this is the triple crown winner. This is this is the guy who has, you know, he is the guy who can catch the ball and you know get yards for days after the catch like what are we talking about when we're talking about an mvp candidate or offensive player of the year or, you know whatever like this is the guy who puts his heart and soul into the game we see it get day in and day out and like you said he's the player who also has the most 100 yards uh per game in the nfl including postseason so this guy is is crazy and he's still not getting the attention which is which is just kind of crazy but like he he's the reason we won Tampa Bay. Like oh, there's sure. no way if we settle for a tie and Cup doesn't get us two catches. If Tom Brady wins that coin flip, we are not in the Super Bowl right now. I guarantee it. And that's the that's the aggressiveness that Sean McVay has learned, especially from that loss to San Francisco. He yeah. he learned that I can't I can't just let us, you know, we're just going to kneel it and go into halftime. We're going to take our chance. We're going to try to finish this here so that we don't have to worry about these, these overtime rules, whether you think they're fair or not, let's not put ourselves in that position. And so I think we've seen that game after game. And I think they're they're that this team is putting their heart and soul into, to this finale. And that's where I see the big difference with, I, I, I don't think, I think that the Cincinnati wants this, they want it probably, you know, mostly as bad as the Rams do. And I think every player in the NFL wants this as bad. But they're a young team and they have so much more growth in them that I that I see. And I don't know, I, I just get this like this is the Rams time. And I'm, this is no discredit. I think they're a great team. But I do think the Rams have the edge to sweep this, especially with our defensive front compared to their offensive front. And it it feels like Stafford has built up his whole career to this moment. I would be very surprised if we lose this game because of Stafford, Zach. I I just would be floored. Um, Do you take the opinion that uh, if the Rams don't win this, the season's a failure? Oh, 
no, not not at all. I, you know, it's it's not a failure. It's a disappointment. I mean, there's a, there's a big difference between being disappointed and um, it being a failure. And you would uh, say the season's a disappointment. No, no, no. I would say the the game itself oh, is a disappointment. Yeah. Never would the season be a disappointment. I mean, just to get to the Super Bowl, there's only one victor. There's there's always that way. And I would say even getting to the championship game. And if they if they for some reason did lose that game, again, the season wasn't a failure. If they lost in the wild card. I don't even know if I would consider that a complete failure, but it would be there had to have been something completely. There still was something wrong with the offense. And, you know, um, but, but that's not the case. The case is we're in the Super Bowl. If we if we win the Super Bowl, this is the monumental success. Stafford deserves all the praise. Everyone who's on this team, everyone who built this team deserves all the praise. If they lose, they lose and it was a disappointing game, but the season still means it still means something. It still means that they took something that people were saying, Oh, Stafford, Stafford's not going to be able to be uh, a good quarterback. Look what he did for the Detroit. He never took him to a postseason, things like that. Stafford should put his head up high that he took it. He came into a new team, a new system and won three playoff games, which he's never done before. Never won one. That's a success. And sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I just gotta say it's such a stupid narrative. It, I, it drives me nuts. It's like every team should be Super Bowl or bust. Like that term is so stupid just because the Rams run their team differently. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know if I have much more to say because I can kind of go irate about it for a long time. But, um, you know, I think this team can do it. I think this team can pull away and uh, be victorious. Um, they just need to keep, keep Burrow kind of under under control, keep pressure on top of him. Um, if they can keep that, let their offense stay on the field. Um, I think they're in a good position. Um, like I said, I don't I don't ex- expect Stafford to to do anything um, ridiculous with the ball, um, but you know I I do think that there could be one maybe two mistakes and we could we could still come out of this a, a winning game. Um, but we need to we need to keep the ball away from their offense, um, keep them off the field as long as possible, keep our defense fresh, um, get them on the field when they need to to make the stops. Um, but you know, just just being there, I I think that the the Rams have you know a little bit more of an edge than the Bengals do. So. Um, do you do you feel like um I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm so passionate about this game and what more can you say? I mean, it's the biggest game of the year. I'm super stoked for it. Um do you kind of have any kind of final thoughts on uh the team as a whole? We didn't even talk about OBJ, man. We could we we I feel like we've been talking for a long time about this, but um any final thoughts bringing in OBJ, any any of the other uh players that we haven't mentioned so far? Um, honestly, we wouldn't be here without OBJ, um, especially losing Woods. I feel like we probably would have been here if we had Woods still left and had, uh, uh, what's his name? Deshaun Jackson. 
I feel like we could have potentially been in the same position, but having lost Woods, there's no way, no way if we had Jackson that we're still here. Jackson does not make that catch uh, at the end of the game for the Ravens game for us to convert the fourth and then get the touchdown. He doesn't do that. Um, you don't get clutch catches in the conference championship, uh, get critical first downs. Like Jackson just doesn't do that. He maybe gets one long TD the entire playoff series. Maybe. Yeah, you know, just OBJ and the presence that he's brought, again, you know, bringing him in and then literally two days later that he's that he officially signs, you know, uh, Robert Woods gets injured and he has to, he has to step up. And, um, you know, that kind of started the, I mean, that kind of did start our rockiness going into November just because, Hey, Oh, we lost Robert Woods and now OBJ has to learn the playbook in, in a matter of weeks. Um, but things started to finally click and they finally started getting things together. So, um, it's just been, it's been amazing just to see this team. This team is not only, you know, this team has rallied behind Aaron Donald. Don Miller has kind of pushed a voice into Aaron Donald, um, to make him more vocal. We saw that in the 49ers game. Um, but they're not just doing this for Aaron Donald. They're not doing this just for Stafford. They're not just doing this for wit. They're, they're doing this for the team. They're doing this for the players who can't play like Robert Woods, um, who, who has put his life into this team as well. And they're, they're doing this for everybody. And that's, that's the important thing is, you know, this team is together. They are through, they are here, whether they win or lose, they are still a team. They will fight for each other. Um, and they will make sure that, um, that whatever they put to the, whatever they bring to the field is going to be that their highest quality. All right, Zach, you want to go ahead and uh, put out your score prediction? Yeah, and I keep thinking about this. And, you know, if, um, you know, I feel like my, you know, my family who may listen to this um, just because this is the Bengals uh, Rams preview game. um, I am going to say it is going to be 24-31, 31-24 Rams, sorry. Uh, 31-24 Rams. I think it's going to be um, a close game. Like, I I mean, I put it within a touchdown. I don't, you know, I don't think it's going to be a field goal game. But, um, so yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. 31-24 Rams. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've gone back and forth. Uh, I'm settling on 27-20-Rams. Now, if you're a Bengals fan, take solace in that I'm rarely right about the Super Bowl ever. Uh, But honestly, I just think the Rams are a more complete team. Um, What the Bengals have done this year has been wholly impressive. Uh, Zach Taylor has proven uh, the GM and owner right for keeping him around. And honestly, Joe Burrow has turned out to be the QB. I thought he was going to be coming out of college. I thought he was going to be the best new QB since Mahomes. And he has been um, just fantastic. And just looking at this matchup, I think the first half is the defensive slog sack. I think it'll be something like nine. Uh, what is it? I think it'll be like six to three. Rams at half really 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be the offensive slog. And then in the second half, you're going to have like a lot of touchdowns by both teams gotcha. and make it a shootout. And I think Joe Burrow is going to have the ball with a chance to tie it up in the last drive. And I just think you're going to have Aaron Donald make a game-winning play. And uh, it'll be one of those things where, like, no Bengals fans should have shame. Like, it's going to be a great game. Um, There's a lot of things that Bengals could do to win this game, and it wouldn't shock me if they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that Rams defensive line, it's top five in NFL, and it has two guys who will be in the Hall of Fame, and uh, they're going to show that O-line why they're going to be in the Hall of Fame. For sure, for sure. And, you know, uh, Cincinnati has brought a, you know, has had a, has a, had a great year um, making it this far. Um, they deserve it. Um, you know, they beat great teams to get here. And, you know, I, you know, I got, I got family and, you know, this is, this is probably the Super Bowl that is the hardest to, I mean, as a Rams fan, I'm rooting obviously for the Rams and, you know, no matter what, but, you know, to lose to another team, I, I, the Bengals would be like the, the, the team that I'm okay with it, I guess. If that's, if that's like, it won't sting as much as 2018, 2018 really sting. Yeah. I mean, you know, losing to Tom Brady was a sting. You know, if we had, if we were playing and we lost to Mahomes, that would be sting losing to Josh Allen, I feel like would be a sting. And maybe that's just my connection with Cincinnati and, um, and, and going that down that road. But, um, but the, the the culture that the Bengals I think are trying to do it seems is, is very Rams and Sean McVay like, um, and maybe that's why I kind of also um, uh, feel for that team too. Uh, they do a lot of things very similar than to to what the Rams do, and which is fine. You know, a lot of times this is the copycat league, so whatever works, they're gonna they're gonna jump on board. I mean, we've seen Sean McVay's tree grow, and it's continuing to grow into this um, coming years too. So. Um, so yeah, that's- yeah, that's that's true with coaching and watch the GM start the like if we win, oh, you're going to see some aggressive GMs making um less need like moves, probably not as good as need does. And you can and I I think that's that's the case. I mean, you have a team where you're trying you're trying to get people on your team and if you don't have players like Stafford and Aaron Donald and Ramsey on your team being the people to bring them in. I mean, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to do it. I mean, you're going to have teams that are going to try to do this and they're either going to succeed or fail. I mean, if you don't they're have gonna a Tom be missing Brady, the culture. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a Tom Brady, who's going to bring in a Gronkowski, who's going to, um, you know, elevate players and things like that, you have to have those players to bring people into your culture. And it has to be a culture that's going to work for these players um, I know we can talk all night. We probably should wrap up our preview before we go into even more of a deep dive. We can, we can do an episode all on the Rams culture in the future. Yeah. Stuff to talk about in it during the off season. We'll, we'll, we'll do a lot of off season pods like that. All right. So uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for uh, this episode of the East coast Rams podcast. You can always send questions and feedback to feedback at East coast Rams.com or Hit us up on Twitter. I am uh, at Zach Mayer. Ashton's at at Rams fan Ashton one. And yeah, I mean we're 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 getting to the end with the the end of the road of uh, football for this season. 
Um, I'm super excited for the game. I'm not going to spend it with my Cincinnati family, unfortunately. Uh, I live too far from Cincinnati, really, to make that work on a Sunday night. But um, it's going to be a great game. I'm really excited for it. Um, Any final thoughts, Ashton? Uh, It would have been an awkward family dinner after the Rams win. So I I would say it's it's uh, better for you to kind of let them uh, you know get they, over that pain. They can just look at my, you know, my Instagram post or Facebook post if they really want to, you know, see my reaction to to it. So I'll let I'll let it stay on social media at least for, you know, a couple couple maybe an hour so after the game, but Okay guys, we will uh, do questions from the Ramily. Uh, well, in this case, it is. It won't be from a Ram fan, but you know we love all the Lions support that Stafford has brought over to this team. You guys may not be fans of the Rams themselves, but man, you guys have been some of the awesome, most awesome. Um, group of people I've ever met online and in person uh, just talking to Lions fans just supporting the player um, I feel like Stafford has earned it he put a lot of time in Detroit he did try to make it better and uh, you guys are turn- I, I truly believe you guys are turning the corner but we got a question from Gage or O'Leary uh uh, thank you for the follow. I've always loved your comments, and I hope you like the comments too. I hope you've enjoyed Stafford on the Rams. Um, you, the Lions definitely made it possible by being awesome to him when they're leaving, not making the same mistake as they did with other players. And he asked, in your opinion, is Matthew Stafford the best quarterback in the league now that Tom Brady has retired? Uh, what do you say to that, Zach? Ooh, that is a big question. Um, so I would say he is definitely in the top five. Um, I don't know if I can put him in the number one spot. Um, and again, that's probably not fair. Uh, but you know, there there are so many good quarterbacks, and I think he's definitely probably the best. Now in the NFC, um, and especially if Rodgers leaves the NFC, I think uh, Stafford's definitely um, the quarterback king um, over there. But uh, when we look at the quarterbacks as as far as the the AFC goes, um, you know, there's there's still a lot of talk. Um, you know, as even though the Bills didn't make it um, as far as I thought they were going to, um, Brian Allen is he's he looks like a phenomenal quarterback josh Um, allen josh allen wow uh that was a that was a brain fart uh but anyways josh allen he's he's a he's a phenomenal quarterback um you know the rams uh center did not start playing quarterback (laughs) that's see i just that was a uh a slip (laughs) of the tongue just based on that floridian Um, yeah floridian slip um so yeah, definitely. I, I think Allen is, is a great quarterback. It's it's really hard to compare some of these quarterbacks. Um, you know, honestly. They fit differently in different systems, right? They like, do. Like, if, if you told me who is the best calm collected uh, quarterback out there, for sure, I would think, you know, Stafford would be number one. And I'd probably put Joe Burrow um, 
or Rodgers at number two or three. Like those those quarterbacks are cool and collective. We saw Kansas City kind of get flustered under under um, under the pressure. Um, and you know if if the rules were differently in the overtime, you know maybe Josh uh, Josh Allen, right? Am I saying this right now? Yeah. Uh, uh, he um, he would have you know been able to uh, capitalize as well. So you know what what are your thoughts? I, I guess. Uh, for me, he's top five. He's definitely not number one. Uh, he'll be number one in NFC if Rogers leaves. But honestly, if you ask me who is the best QB for the Rams, uh, there are only two other guys I would say would be better for the Rams system. And that'd be Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. That's not a bad list to be behind. Besides that, He's right there. Maybe you can make an argument for Herbert because he's younger. Um, just because like youth means you can keep him cornerstone longer. But with how long Brady played, uh, Stafford could play for another 10 years, uh, especially if his play doesn't diminish. I feel like he's going to be a lot more healthy next year because he's still recovering from injuries he ha- he got last year. And the O-line has kept him a lot more protected. So I'm hoping as his health improves, as he stays behind a better O-line for longer, that his play gets even better in our system. And I think that's definitely possible. So uh, do I think he's the best? No. He'll probably end up being the best in the NFC after Rodgers leaves. Uh, And, you know, the Rams... Uh, if they win, they'll be set up. Even if they lose, I think they're set up for another good run next year. 100% agree. All right. Well, um, you know, we appreciate everyone who has so far listened, liked, subscribed, and shared the podcast. If you haven't done any of those things, please do so. Uh, we're obviously available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, you can put us in your favorite uh, podcatcher of choice. Uh, but the Ramley is truly the best, uh, out there. The, the way we get to integrate with each other on Twitter has been phenomenal. Um, me and Ashton always have, uh, fun getting to know all the Rams fans and, um, just getting more people involved and, um, getting people to listen. So, uh, until next time, guys, hopefully we're Super Bowl champions. So go Rams.